Uh, I haven't read the news since 2015. Has anything happened? Mm, a few things. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll catch up sometime if I have a few minutes. I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the podcast dedicated to plant-based cookbooks and learning more about the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder. Thank you for tuning in today. And he must have been a Boy Scout because he's got my heart tied in knots. I'm here with my husband and producer of the podcast, Mr. Rossetti. How are you, my dear? I am good. I am good. I'm glad I tied you in a knot. Um, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what just happened there? Did you swallow the microphone? It's not corona. I think I just, I don't choked on my own tongue for some reason. Oh. Um, uh, Boy Scouts. Uh, I was in Boy Scouts, actually. Were you? Were I, you? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, no, I was not. Well, I was a Cub Scout for a long time, and then Boy Scouts, I think, for like a hot second. And then I remember seeing a guy who was picking his nose and then put <gasps> his finger in like some honey <gasps> that we were like all having, and I was like... And my last day in Boy Scouts is today. Oh, how old were you? That was your deciding factor? I was like, I strangely remember that at five. Oh, so young. Very young. No, I never ventured into the Boy Scout world. There were a lot of things. I just, as a kid, I was not interested. My my parents really wanted me. They didn't really want me to, but I think they, you know, they encouraged me to like have some sort of activity. So they thought, boy, sports. Uh, So I did soccer. I did softball. I did Little League. I did baseball. I did bowling. I did pretty much every sport but football, but I never did Boy Scouts. That's funny. I would feel that Boy Scouts would be very big in Michigan. Oh, I believe it is. And I I never did. I wish that I always say this and no shade. My parents did their best, but I wish they would have been like, do you want to take a dance class? See me, they had me like shoved in dance class right away. Really? Yeah. And then Boy Scouts kind of like got me out of it. And I then thought soccer. you didn't start dancing until you were like in college. No, I mean, I started when I was young, like a little wee tapper. It was me and what? Aaron, Aaron Wiener. Um, I knew an friend. Aaron Wiener. Yep. How do you forget a name like Aaron Wiener? I swear Bless I knew an heart. Aaron Wiener. Mine Bless was a girl. It, would sp- it was spelled Wiener, but they said Wiener. Of course we I said Wiener. Know. We were jerks. We were kids. Anyway, you were a Boy Scout. Yes. I wasn't a Boy Scout. But we're still good people we're boy scouts at heart we're still scouting um i don't know what that means but anyway uh so i'm excited about this i'm definitely really excited about this episode because you've shown me this book so many times and talked about having this author on the podcast from the minute we started talking about doing the podcast um on vegan cookbooks yes yes alicia c simpson she is the author of a few books including quick and easy vegan comfort foods which was my first vegan cookbook oh ever. That's so so cool. What a, what a great guest right? to have, and it is Alicia, right? Correct, correct, great. correct. So say that listeners? with us, listeners. Alicia, <laughs> you will hear me call her Alicia throughout the podcast, and Oops. then I find out the error of my ways at the end, and we kept it all in the interview for you, but it's Alicia. Uh, but some call her Alicia, like her family even, so I wasn't totally off, but y- you'll see. If you listen, you'll, you'll, you'll understand. 
don't you even ask people with the easiest names how to spell their name at your book signings? Yes. Just, I, I mean, which, that <laughs> makes sense. I mean, you're about to write it in a book. Well, that being said, I did this interview, I think, three, four, five months ago. I don't even Sorry. know. But now at the beginning of every interview, even if the name is Tammy, I say, Tammy? Tammy Brown. Tammy Brown? And they say, oh, yes, Tammy Brown. Tammy. Hey, you never, they could be like, you it's never know. Tammy Brown. You know, and I'm always like, every really? single interview. And yes, at book signings, even if, uh, you know, someone's name is Kim, I repeat, Kim, K-I-M, before I start signing, a little trick from Bill Berloni. Yes, yes, yes. Animal rescue advocate and legend. And of course, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Doom, 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 doom. Recently was, had a birthday. Uh, Woohoo. Yeah, recently had a birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Bill. Bill. Uh, he was at a book signing of mine and saw me struggle uh, with someone's name and the person walked away and he was like, always ask the spelling and then repeat it out loud, even if it's Chad. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> what, yeah, great, yeah. what great advice from like a master. I mean, truly, because he's written several books, done several book signings um, and uh, he was... And, and I do it every time now. Every And also... It buys me a little time sometimes if they're like, oh, Sandra. I'm like, Sandra, S-A-N-D-R-A. And then they say yes. And as they're doing that, I'm thinking about what I'm going to write well, to there's them that, in the book. Sure. You, you've seen me do this. I don't. Mm-hmm. Y'all, if you come to a book signing of mine, I take it very seriously it that does. you want me to scribble on your book. You may walk away with another recipe on your page or a novel from me. Like my my little heart is just, my little vegan heart is tickled yeah. that you showed up and want me to scribble on that book. So I take the time, I write something in there, mm-hmm. and then I spell your name out loud to you in front of you like seven times too. Just to make sure, you never know. (laughs) Uh, Literally, Alicia C. Simpson, the author on our show today, she is the reason I ask every author every week, what was your first vegan cookbook? Because Quick and Easy Vegan Comfort Foods by Alicia C. Simpson was mine, and it inspired me endlessly when I first went vegan. I made the mac and cheese from there a gajillion times in my first few years of veganism. Seven-layer taco dip, ranch dressing, meatloaf, nachos. And, ah. ugh, and you do have two copies, don't you? Of course I do. I do because I loved it so much that the pages started falling out of my first one, Truth. and they have food splattered all over the pages, which is, you know, that's such a great that's sign, a, right? The best sign of a, a great cookbook. Um, I'm actually remembering this mac and cheese now because I'm seeing this book in my brain. It's even imprinted in my brain. I feel like you made it a lot when we were first started dating. It's the base macadamia. That's the one, oh, honey. Yeah, that's know. the one. Those decadent macadamia nuts. Yeah, I remember you mm. making that apartment um, in Washington Heights in New York when I would... We, w- we had a long-distance relationship because I was in Queens and he was in... Um, <laughs> On the island. The ah, north on the and island. And then you lured me yes. over to Queens. Mm-hmm. Actually, the rent lured me over to 100%. Queens. 100%. <laughs> um, and when we would have people over, you made uh, made it for the cooking club. I did. That I we did, did the with the people club. of Annie. Oh, so much fun. Um, when you get something like that going again yes, yes. in oh, 2021. Once we get moved, let's do it. Ooh, that's right, y'all. We got news. Y'all want to twist? We did it. Oh, we did it. Yes. We officially said yes. Um, I guess we can officially say we bought a condo. Yes, We closed yes. in uh, two weeks. Probably, well, about well, a week by the time this is released. Yeah. But yeah, but we're yeah, yeah, super yeah. excited. December oh, 1st. Oh, yeah. It'll be a week. We close in a week, but we move in two weeks. That's right. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, 
But I was just uh, thinking I, I wanted to take a pic of Alicia's book for the Instagram to show the splatters of the food and what I, uh, what a loved and cherished book looks like. But I, th- I think it's packed away already. Well, that's okay. You can just put it up once you unpack. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, we're so stoked to get in our new home and our new kitchen is perfect for some videos. So we'll definitely get some more Keep On Cooking video content up on the Vegan Roadie Instagram and the IG stories. Yeah, I, I really, really love that this was your first book and you got to have her on. I know that was uh, big, big for you when we first started talking about this. Uh, that must have been so much fun for you to kind of connect with her. Yeah, 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 yeah. And honestly, uh, Alicia is a delight. And I can't wait until this pandemic is over because I want to meet her in person. That's right. She lives in Atlanta. And I have a nice, we'll have a nice Ooh. meal together. I'll thank her face to face. I mean, she, she literally changed my life. So uh, who is she then? Why don't you tell us a little who? bit more about is this Miss Alicia. Alicia C. Simpson, of course, darling. Oh, my God. David, okay, sidetrack real quick. I'm listening to Mariah Carey's new book. Um, she sings it. She sings in it. She, she like, she sings. Shout out to my manager, Jen O'Neill Smith, for turning me on to this book. But Mariah sings in between the chapters, and then she uses her, what I call her, expensive voice and says things like yes darling fashion festive feature it's too much but anyways get mariah carey's book on audiobook don't read it physically listen to it it's a must but back to our dear author alicia c simpson alicia has several letters by her name so let's break them down alicia holds a master of science is a licensed and registered dietitian and is also an international board certified lactation consultant specializing in maternal pediatric nutrition and she's also working on her doctorate. Ooh, and yes. Alicia um, is the executive director and founder of a nonprofit clinical lactation practice, Peapod Nutrition, providing nutrition and lactation education and support. That's right, that's right here in Atlanta. As we learn, she has been cooking since she was tall enough to reach the stove. Alicia is the author of Boost Your Breast Milk, Local vegan comfort foods, vegan celebrations, and my first true love, quick and easy vegan comfort foods. Here to tell us all about them is my vegan fairy godmother, Alicia C. Simpson. I want to tell listeners that Alicia, you're so special to me because we're just meeting on this call right now and your book, Quick and, Quick and Easy Vegan Comfort Foods, was the first vegan book I owned and cooked from. It was the book that started it all for me, which um, we can get into more later, but I just wanted to say up front how honored I am to be speaking with you. You changed my life. Thank you for your books and you know for being on the podcast too. I really appreciate Aww, it. thanks. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm just so delighted when I finally got in touch with you and you said yes. So let's move into it. You're icebreaker question is who was your favorite teacher in school and how did he or she impact you oh my favorite teacher was my third grade teacher um I went to a school where you had to be shipped away for third grade because there wasn't enough room so wow so we, we had like shipped to this other school um where you don't know anybody and um this teacher she was just like this amazing ray of light. I had a really horrible first and second grade teacher, same person. Oh, um, Mrs. Nishi. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm gonna shout that out real quick. Shout her out. Um, <laughs> even my child knows Mrs. Nishi. She's like, yeah, I like this is like my Mrs. Nishi. I'm like, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> 
Um, and but this teacher, and I'm I'm so sad because I don't remember her name. I remember her name for the longest. And I was she, just gonna say, what's her name? Yeah, like the good one I don't remember, and the, the awful one I'm like, oh, she's etched in my brain. I mean, ain't that the way the the um, <laughs> negative impression is yes. the one where you're like, I can remember this. Well, we'll we'll just spread the love to her anyways. The unknown, <laughs> wonderful third grade teacher. Yeah. Uh, what school? Do you remember the name of the school for it the was third? Pinedale grade? Elementary. Okay, well, so third grade. Pinedale Elementary. Um, mine was my my choir teacher in middle school and high school, Cheryl Cheegerton. She uh, she kind of was just like, "Hey, you can do this, get it going." And then um, a, a career in theater spawned, which then later went into this. But um, without her, I wouldn't have been able. I wouldn't have understood I could create the way that I could. So, Aww. Mrs. Cheryl Cheegerton. Um, <laughs> Now, when I when we started talking on email, I looked at your signature. You have some credentials, honey. Uh, <laughs> you've got some letters next to your name. You got an MS, an RD, an LD, and a BCLC. I looked up BCLC. We got International Board Certified Lactation Consultants, and then, of course, Registered Dietitian and uh, Licensed Dietitian. If I'm incorrect on those, please tell me. Correct. Um, fantastic. <laughs> Look at yes. And then we've got MS. So is that Master of Science? Or then I also saw Surgical yes. Doctor. It's Master of science okay masters of science yes i was like she's a uh, doing she can be a surgery doctor why she's spending <laughs> time talking to me right now but master of science is just as impressive i, I love all of this yeah um before we dive into the book can you give us a little bit um or books rather i should say can you give us a little bit of background on where you grew up and clue us into how cooking became part of your world yes yeah, so i grew up in um beautiful fresno california Oh, she's a West Coast gal. All right. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, Where I say our claim to fame is watching grapes dry, or like watching, yeah, grapes dry. That's like (laughs) a big thing. We're the (laughs) race world, um, and that's as exciting as it gets. We got a movie theater, and the town just took off. Um, I love it. Shout out to Fresno. (laughs) Um, It's really wonderful. When did you move um, to Atlanta then? So I moved here, now it's 14 years. Okay, okay. Yeah, a little over 14 years ago, because I just had my vegan anniversary six days ago. So yeah. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. 14 years vegan. Amazing. Um, so, um, and like there, I just, I was always raised around like great food. Like we're at an agricultural town in Fresno and like farms are everywhere. You can... You can smell the the cow farms, those factory farms going from Fresno to Bakersfield to my grandma's house and sure. um, chickens and emus and strawberries and grapes. And um, so food was always a really important part of my life. Um, and from, I think about six years old, I started like stop not eating certain foods. So when I was six, I declared that I was not going to eat pork anymore. Okay. Um, and not realizing that like pork is in pepperoni. So like I was, I thought I wasn't eating pork anymore. Right. Um, I do recall <laughs> eating a pepperoni pizza as a child. And being like, that's fine. It's not pork. And then you're like, wait, like, it's not pork. This is not a ham. It's not a pig. Right. Pepperoni. Um, and then when I was 13, um, a friend mahogany and I we were like, beef is so, you know, 1989. Right. Right. <laughs> Let's give up beef for the summer. And then we just never went back. And so I was, I was down pork, down beef. And then I really did stop eating pepperoni at that point. I was sure to be like, okay, I know what this is now. Right. Um, and then in 
college. So right after I graduated from college, I stopped eating chicken, um, which by default made me a vegetarian because I didn't eat seafood. But I refused to join the vegans because it's like (laughs) vegans have no sense at all and they must have never tasted cheese. Sure, sure. I'm not going to be a vegan. That's crazy talk. Um, And I like gave up dairy and eggs for Lent one year. Um, I'm Jewish now, so that's funny. Um, But for Lent... (laughs) (laughs) And it was a failure. I made it like two weeks and I was like, I'm dying. Oh my God. Without my protein, what am I going to do? Oh, yep. Yep. All those things. Uh, There you go. Yep. Yeah. Um, And, but then when I moved here to Atlanta, um, 2006, I, I decided to do what every young, like 20 something does and fast. And so I, I went on a juice cleanse. Um, with this wonderful woman, Arden Zen, um, and she's like this 90 year old raw veganist. Alicia. Yeah. I'm, I'm the head of culinary development for Arden's garden now. Oh my God. So I know exactly who you're talking about. Arden Zen herself. Yes. I love it. Oh, that's so awesome. Yes. Arden made me vegan. She did the thing. <laughs> I love that. How we are so connected in so many different yeah. little ways. Once this all COVID business clears, we'll get together with <laughs> some salads and juices from Arden's garden and just yes. talk about it all. <laughs> so you did your cleanse with Miss Arden. Yes. And in my vulnerable state of not eating, it's supposed to be a week. And we were all in our group like, this is so awesome. We're not going to eat for a month. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, yes. And uh, during that time, she was just like, okay, like, Alicia, you're a vegetarian. Sure, whatever. Um, why are you drinking or like eating the products of a cow that's supposed to grow a calf into like a giant, like 2000 pound bull? And I was like, Arden, I don't know. It, it just, I don't know. It made sense at the time. And right? that, like that, that was all it took was like Arden with her wisdom being like, you're being stupid. Just like, you're not a calf. And I was like, fine. And I went home and I had like some butter and cheese in the freezer that I was saving for when I was done fasting. Sure. And, I out. and then that was it. I was vegan. That's amazing. That's 2006, you said? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone's story is always so interesting with this to see how it happens. Mine was a progression as well. So I like hearing how yours was sort of these steps like that. Um, I think people get so caught up sometimes on like, oh, well, I have to do it and it's going to be this way and that blah, 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 blah. And then they sort of crash because they went too hard or something, you know? Yes. Um, so I love kind of hearing that you had this nice progression with it. And then, of course, Queen Queen Zin um, yes. helped you on the journey, which is so lovely to hear as well. Um, have you had their food since they've added food? I have. We were just there like a couple weeks ago, supporting small business. I love it. That's great. It's um, we're we're expanding. We're trying to put more food on there now. Your when did cooking come into it all? Then when you went vegan, then did you just kind of like dive in and you were like, oh, now I'm obsessed with cooking? (laughs) Well, my my mother tricked me when I was little, um, and you know, teaching me how to do all the little things in the kitchen as a mother does. And then when I was about eleven, she just stopped cooking. Wait, so tricked you basically, you're saying so that you would start cooking, right? Yeah, like she just like, she would have these every man for himself night. Way to go, mom. Yeah, it would be like Friday night. And she's like, it's just every man for himself. And I'm like, all right. I'll-. <laughs> and then uh, it's slowly every man for himself night on Friday night just became like Monday and Tuesday. And, <laughs> so, um, and then my brother's like, I'm hungry. Can I, can you make me like the cinnamon toast thing? And I'm like, sure. I'm like, wait a second. You have fooled me. Yep. 
fully yep. cooking for the family. Uh, and then when I left for college, like they, like my dad got high blood pressure, everyone, because they were just always eating out all the time. Sure. <laughs> they were just like, well, the cook left. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that kind of started it. My mom kind of pushed me into cooking. Um, and then really when I, I, so I lived in South Carolina before I moved to Atlanta, I spent two years, six months and five days in South Carolina, <laughs> really beautiful time. You can tell oh. <laughs> And <laughs> when you're counting the day, yep. it's really a good time. Um, yeah, I'm like, something went down there. That's another <laughs> podcast, I think. Yes. Um, and so I, I was like trying to experiment with tofu and, um, like really leading into this whole, cause I, at that point, um, let's see. So I was like 21 when I went vegetarian and I was 22 ish in South Carolina. So I'd only been vegetarian a short time and trying to figure that all out. So that's when a lot of experimentation started. And that's when I actually started writing vegan comfort food was okay. in South Carolina as a vegetarian. Um, and so a lot of the recipes, like when it finally got turned into, um, the book that it is today, we had to take out some of the vegetarian recipes because they were still in there because that's when I started the book, I was vegetarian. So I had to sure. um, a good bit of those recipes over. But I remember wow. experimenting with tofu and like trying to get it right. And like, maybe if I just cut it really thin and just like marinate the hell out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's not working. <laughs> so bad. Uh. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of experimentation there. And then like once I find and I tell people this all the time, like once you get your stride with vegan cooking and like you figure out your substitutions and you figure out your flavors, um, then it just becomes this amazing adventure where you just want to cook all the time. Or at least I did. Some people hate cooking. No, beginning. but I I, to- I think I think it happened the same way for me. I totally get what you're saying. It's it's like a, it's a new world of cooking suddenly, and you're excited about it because you're like, no, no, I'm going to recreate this thing that I really, really love. Yes, that's great. Well, so we're going to get back to the cookbooks, but your most recent uh, book is Boost Your Breast Milk, and it's uh, more more and more. My friends are having babies, and I'm learning so much on this topic. Tell our listeners about your current book, Boost Your Breast Milk. So that book I was really excited about because I am, um, as you mentioned, a dietitian, um, and I specialize in maternal and, and child health. Um, I see everybody, but I really love my babies and my mom. Um, <laughs> so to be able to do something and like incorporate cooking and veganism, um, in a book about breastfeeding and infant nutrition and maternal nutrition and health. Um, it made me so excited. Um, and I always, like, I remember the book, um, oh gosh, it was like sexy, sexy bitch or something like that, where it was vegan book, like vegan cooking, but like had a really catchy name that you're like, what? Um, super controversial. And everyone's like, I don't like the name of this book. Kind of like slutty vegan is now. Sure. Sure. Um, and I love that idea of just having a book that is vegan, but doesn't really talk about it that much. Well, that's what I I was even going to say. I didn't know (laughs) if it was specifically vegan. I assume so. But like, I kind of love that idea too, because that way it's, it's just, it's, it can go to everyone then. Right. It's just, it's just a completely normalized veganism. As it should be. Right. Like this is not some special crazy food. This is like, 
These are the foods that help you produce more milk, that help you nourish yourself as a new mom and help you nourish your baby. And they just happen to all be plant-based foods, which in truth, like there's not like steak doesn't help you make more milk. So like it was truth in advertising. Like these are right. the foods that help you make more milk. And they just happen to be that none of them contain animals. So hooray, nature knows what it's doing. <laughs> yeah, I I love I I long for the day when we can just have you know these books and our content and everything without the word vegan splashed across it. But as we stand now, it's like we for lots of things we have to let people know what it is so that they know. But you know we're getting there. We're getting yes. there slowly yeah. but surely. Uh, you're also the executive director here in Atlanta of Peapod Nutrition and Lactation Support, a nonprofit organization dedicated to the nutritional health of Georgia families. I was looking this up online. This is amazing, and it offers so many resources to families. Tell us a little more about it. That really started. So while I was in um, my internship, um, it's kind of like a residency if you're a physician, but as a dietitian, you have to do your internship and like talk to real people and, and touch real people and touch real lives. Um, I was at the infamous Grady Hospital here in Atlanta, um, which is our public hospital. Um, usually a lot of low-income um, patients. Um a lot of patients experiencing homelessness or who are coming um, like from prisons. Um, so if someone needs help and needs to go to the hospital and they're in prison, then come on down to Greedy. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> patients who were like shackled to the bed and had a guard outside the door. Oh my goodness. Uh, but while I was there, um, I had a patient who had just come out of a diabetic coma and she, I'm like coming in as like the new baby dietitian. Like, I'm going to teach you all about diabetes. <laughs> and I teach her all about diabetes. And she's like, yes, baby. Uh-huh. Yes, baby. And I'm like, totally getting this. I have cured her of her diabetes. Um, and then there's a sun-kissed soda on the table as I'm leaving, which I just assumed was from like her daughter or someone who come in. And she's, as I'm leaving, she's like, baby, can you just hand me that? Oh my gosh. And I was like, I, I can't, ma'am. I, I can't. I, okay. I failed. You're uh, like, I can pick it up and put it in the trash. Oops. Sorry. Yeah, just came out of a coma. Oh my gosh. And from that point, like while I was in school, it just became so clear to me that like prevention is what's needed because, you know, that woman was in her late sixties, um, you know, whatever her life circumstances were. Even a diabetic coma was not going to stop her from loving the things that were killing her. Sure. Um, and so I was like, I, I think children and pediatrics is really the way I want to go. Um, and I want to continue to help these underserved communities because like, they're the ones who, have, who are just not getting this education. It's not in school. Their parents aren't talking about it really. Um, the community is really not discussing it. Um, it's right there in the name, underserved communities. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so that really got the idea going for a nonprofit. And so I remember being in my pediatric nutrition class while I was getting my master's and like brainstorming. So my first degree was in marketing. So I like did my little business plan and I'm like writing business plans in class. Well, I sh really should have been paying more attention, but sure. ace them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so I knew from the beginning that like, I wanted to change from infancy, the way that like kids approach food and thought about food, which means the way their parents do. So it just became the snowball of like, I want to work with kids. What do kids eat first? Breast milk. Okay. And then like, who has the children? Um, and so I want to work with them. And then 
who's in the house with the children, both partners, hopefully, you know, sometimes not like me. Yay. Um, so, um, I really want that this kind of expanded that out and then Peapod really came into like view from there. So, um, the origins of Peapod were like a 60 plus year old diabetic woman. Wow. Couldn't give up her sun kissed. <laughs> but man, you're doing the work. You're starting from the ground up, which is where we need to go. Do you guys ever do cooking classes for that? We used to. So we used to do um, some great cooking classes. And for those who are on food stamps or SNAP, like at a lot of farmers market, they can get half off of their produce. So we would try to do it at places where they could get half off the produce. Sure. So, like learn how to cook with it. Like, oh, we have... Like farmers market food is sometimes like, what in the world is this? You want me to cook with yamly? Right, right. Um, <laughs> um, and so that was really a joy. Um, and then we lost funding for that, but I would love to bring it back. Um, well, keep me posted. I want to talk to you beyond this call just because I'm looking to get into an arena here in Atlanta where I, I teach classes and I love it, but I would love to do it in that sort of environment where it's really helping the people who need it most um, yeah. in terms of vegan food. It's just really hard to get the classes out there to the people that need it. Yes, it really is. And I loved it. We would do a class where it's like, you're going to learn six ways to make a bag of lentils. Exactly. All the meals. Like here's a dollar bag of lentils. We're going to make tacos. We're going to make like a meatloaf. We're going to make. Like- yes. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Let's make sure we we stay in touch. I would, I would love to work with you more um, if there's ever an opportunity down the line. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love it. Now, when we look at your cookbooks, they all center around the things that I think most people can agree on and relate with, quick and easy and comfort food. I love vegan celebrations and vegan comfort foods, but you have also the locale comfort food books, and I also love locale. But what was the biggest challenge in creating a comfort food book that is also focused on low calories? Well, one good thing is, is that vegan food tends to be low calorie. It's not yes. all, definitely not. Um, but um, I really, the, the challenge there was just to like not rely so heavily on some of the things that we use to make things yummy. Like we use a ton of cashews to make things yummy and like yeah. on that earth balance and um, like my original uh, mac and cheese recipe had macadamia nuts in them because they're like super fatty and wonderful. I was like, okay, let's take those out. Oh, I know that mac and cheese recipe. <laughs> I know it very well. It's I it's I think it's it has to be because it was at the time when I got this. We're talking about the vegan comfort food book now. That mac and cheese was the first. It was one of the reasons I was like, oh my god, I'll never have mac and cheese again. And then the cover on the original one has the mac and cheese, and I was like, well, clearly I'm going to get the. Oh, they both have mac and cheese. My bad. Yeah. Um, but I was Just like different ones. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, clearly I need to get this book so that mac and cheese sold it honey but anyway continue locale macadamia (laughs) taking out the macadamia to get to the locale arena get a little bit more low calorie um and then like little small swap outs like okay we're gonna have to use like some vegan yogurt here instead of mayo but vegan mayo makes everything better sure um i just posted to instagram the other day because just mayo is back in small places it's my, my favorite thing in the world I'm like, quit it with the just egg. Just mayo is amazing. I know. I, I bought like five of them. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> Giant things of vegan mayo. Just I'm making potato salad and Caesar dressing like crazy. 
<laughs> I mean, you'll go through it. it. It won't. It doesn't. I don't. I think it has a long shelf life, so you'll be all it right. Does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it's just like, now we have to make everything with mayo. Oh my gosh. Um, those little things. Um, it helped that by then I was already a dietitian. So when I made the first vegan comfort food book, I was not. I was in sales, and I knew nothing about like food in that way. Um, and so by the time we got around to low-cal vegan comfort food, I was like a bona fide health expert. Um, and so it, that made it a little bit easier as well. Now, when you're talking, so we're talking about, you know, you said yogurt for mayonnaise, um, but you know, there's things like you said, we love, we love the mayo, the earth balance, the cashews, all of that. What ingredients did you find yourself sort of like, if you think about the things we use, like you said, what did you find yourself? Was there a set of ingredients you found yourself using more in the locale cookbook than you normally would in the other books? I really leaned on um, seitan a bit more sure. because it's just so like there's barely any calories, such a great texture, and you can make it taste really good without a lot of extra. Um, and so, like, I think on the cover is like the Philly cheesesteak. Like you can make an amazing Philly cheesesteak with seitan, like cut it nice and thin um, without all the extra. Like if I was using tofu, I probably would have fried it or done something else with it. Sure. So like we leaned pretty heavily on, on seitan for that one. Um, and I had just come off of um, writing vegan celebrations, which I also like really started to experiment more with different mushrooms, like oyster mushrooms and lobster mushrooms um, that, that helped in that process of like just expanding a bit. That's great. Well, so that's, we're talking about the low-cal vegan comfort foods book, but then we're moving into the vegan celebrations. And what I love about this book is it's sort of, um, it's for celebrations, obviously quick and easy vegan (laughs) celebrations, but it's creating foods that everyone will like. That seems to be the point of it. Like it's not just for vegans, it's for everyone. You're offering recipes to present at holidays and birthdays, and that's a place you want everyone to be able to enjoy it. Um, Is your family vegan? They are not. Um, They thought I was full blown crazy when I went, (laughs) like, you always have to be different. Like what? Like, come on. Uh, like, we couldn't stop with vegetarianism. Right, right. Well, that's sort of what I was curious about, because I'm curious, that, <laughs> then did gatherings with your friends and family sort of inspire recipes, these books, for the, for this book, like celebrations, making things that they could all enjoy? It really did. And it's it's another testament to how things grow and change over time. So now I've been you know vegan for quite a while. And my family loves to present their vegan meals to me. You know, she like made like a vegan stuffing for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. She's like, look, 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 this one's vegan. This is vegan. So now they're so excited. And they're like, we used your book. Oh Uh, my gosh. I love it. um, So it does. And I think that's a helpful thing for others as well, where they're like, what do I do around the holidays? Cause those are the times you're gathering with all like your meat, love and family. Um, and of course they're going to have things to say and, um, and to be able to just present some really amazing, delicious food that stands on its own. And like, we don't have to announce like, this is the vegan thing. It's just great food. Did you take anything for that book? When we talk about celebrations and holidays, was there anything like in your family traditions that you took and veganized for holidays or anything like that? Yeah, a ton of it. Well, a ton that. of it. Um, and even in vegan comfort food as well. So I'm like, mom, like, how did you make potato salad? And okay, I'm trying to create my mom's like dressing and I'm trying to cre- recreate my grandma's this. And 
Um, the cornbread is like the cornbread I grew up with. Um, and my mom, she is constantly making the cornbread. She has like um, a mix now that she keeps. That she yes. Adds the wet ingredients to. Um, and like she makes my chili all the time. And um, so, yeah, now they're very big fans. <laughs> That's great, though. That's fantastic. I've said this before in this podcast, but my mom still at Thanksgiving will be like, so um, can you help with the turkey and blah, blah? And I'm like, I don't know how many years this has to go on or how many books I, I need to put out for you to understand. <laughs> I'm not going to be helping with the turkey this year. <laughs> My goodness. Throw it out. Can I help you not buy it? Yeah. Can I help you accidentally drop it on the floor? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, vegan celebrations has everything I want. Uh, You've got everything from game day uh, snacks to birthday sweets. Uh, In my vision, the things I love when I look at the table of contents right away are like loaded baked potato skins, nachos, red velvet Mm -hmm. cupcakes. What are some of your personal favorite things to serve for celebratory events from vegan celebrations? Oh gosh. Um, so I find myself in um, like the Kwanzaa chapter a lot um, because it has just like these great, uh, and I was, those were complete experiments. Like I've never made a, a, like a North African meatball before. Okay. Um, you never. Know, so that was really fun working with. It was a good challenge too. Cause we're like, well, if we're going to do celebrations, we have to do all the celebrations. Yeah. Um, and then St. Patrick's day, um, like making these different, um, <laughs> like soda bread. Um, I'm like, I'd never made soda bread before. I'm like, this is amazing. This is the best. Wow. Cupcakes and, um, New Year's Eve, because then I could bring in a lot of more like family recipes for New Year's Eve. Sure. Like those black eyed peas and like collard greens and cabbage that we made growing up. Um, there's so many vegan celebrations is actually my favorite one. Um, yeah, that's my very favorite book. I had so much fun on that one. It's fantastic. I mean, it really is. I'm just, again, looking at the table of contents and it's got, I mean, this, just like the vegan comfort food book, like you can get these and it's very expansive. Like you can have these and there's something to go to for like everything you would need. It's, it's amazing. They really are like such a nice addition for anybody's library. And the price is so great on them too. <laughs> Really? Yeah, like yes. so great. I think they're like $9.95 on Amazon right now and totally yes. worth it. Um yes. a lot of people go vegan and, and very like poor 20-something years of their lives. So <laughs> we're not trying to break the Exactly. Bank. Yes. So give them something they can afford um with the books and also the recipes. Well, that moves us into let's talk about your sweet baby angel of a book. I know you said vegan celebrations is your favorite, but of course, you know, I've got a sweet spot in my heart for quick and easy vegan comfort foods. I think this yes. came out in 2009. Is that right? Yes. Um, yeah. And I went vegan. I actually went vegan that year, but um, right straight out the gate, of course, I was very junk food vegan with frozen food and focusing on that. And um, and in my first six months, like bakeries, I lived in New York. So of course, if I'd stop into a bakery and they were like, we have this one vegan muffin, I'd be like, well, clearly I can eat two of those today and that's healthy <laughs> yes. for me because um, it's vegan. Um, but then I wanted to make mac and cheese. And that's when I yeah. found your book. So <laughs> can you recall, I, I actually like to ask, since this was the first vegan book I owned, this is one of my favorite questions to ask people on the podcast. Do you remember the first vegan book that you owned and cooked from? I do. Vegan with a Vengeance. Ah, yes. by the queen, Miss Isa. Yes. So I learned from the best. Um, and yeah, Vegan with a Vengeance, that is probably like, if you open up every page, it's the most like there's flour and like sure. 
buttons and all that all over it and like making her tofu scramble and like I said, tofu was really a challenge. And I think it is for a lot of people like, like, Oh, like it's good if I eat it at a Chinese restaurant, but I make it at home. It just failed. Right. Um, I made her tofu scramble probably seven bazillion times. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, (laughs) you talk about pages falling out. So I'm holding the copy of your book in my hands. I have two copies of vegan comfort food because I got a new one just to look at. Cause my other one is literally the pages have fallen out. Uh, and they're like so much so that some have just been folded up and put back into the book. Um, yes. So I'm going to try and include a picture of uh, little bits because it's splattered everywhere. There's post-it notes everywhere, um, which to me is like such a sign. Someone showed up at a book signing of mine last year and they showed up with one of my books all like tabbed and everything. And I got so excited. I was like, yes. they were like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's kind of I was like, no, that's the biggest compliment. Thank you. Yes. Um, but really, it's um, it's falling apart in my hands. It's uh, it's it's inspired me to keep on cooking and create things that really were not available at the time in supermarkets. So this was your first book. You know, how do you recall it came about? Did you submit proposals or did the publisher find you? How did this all unfold? So I was going to, once I, um, I had the whole thing put together, it was originally called tacos and collard greens, which I love. I still have, I still have like a binder here with like all the rough first recipes. Um, cause I, I'm old school. I have to print everything out and write it down. Um, I get it. And I think I was leaving South Carolina coming to Atlanta that I was just like, Oh wow. I have like, I think it was like 200 recipes I had. Um, so I can make a book out of this. Why don't I try to do that? Um, so I didn't really even, when I looked at the whole world, of like trying to get your book published. I was like, this is yeah. Intense. And I don't think that, like that route is for me. So I decided to um, self-publish and there was another uh, great cookbook at the time um, and it was blog vegan lunchbox. And I I had all of her books and I was like, Oh, she self-published. And so like I reached out to the author of vegan lunchbox and I was like, how did you do it? And um, it was Jennifer McCann, vegan lunchbox. And um, she was giving me some pointers and all the stuff you have to do with layout. And I was like, okay, this is also sounding like, a, like way over my head. Crazy. Right. It's it, people that do it. Yes. Amaze me. It's such a, it's such an uh, undertaking. It's crazy. Yes. So there's people who just, that's their whole job is to do the book layout. So I actually turned to like my favorite Issa books and I was like, okay, who did the book like layouts and editing? I'll hire someone to do that part and I'll just insert the recipes and publish it myself. And so I reached out to that individual um, and she happened to be friends um, with Matthew Lore, who um, was at DeCapo, who published all of Issa's books um, at the time. And he was just leaving and creating his own publishing house. And they were apparently just like having drinks one night and having dinner. And she was like, oh, um, like I'm working on this project. She's um, going to be self-publishing and, you know, this this vegan cookbook, like take a look at it. And then she emails me like, so I was meeting with Matthew and I brought up your book and like, do you guys want to have a conversation? He'd like to possibly publish it. Uh, I was like, Whoa, Oh my God. (laughs) I love it. um, And then it really just took off from there. Like I remember I was in the room of my house that I am right now, my office. Um, it looked very different, much messier. 
Um, and I was like pacing back and forth throughout the entire conversation. I did not sit still. Um, and as he's like, okay, the title will not do. We have to kick the vegetarian recipes out. Like if we're doing this, we're doing this. You're vegan. This is vegan. Like, and so that was the start of it. I was, I was going to go self-publishing and then everything just kind of fell into place. And I ended up with like a book deal. Yeah. Um, and I've done all my books with the, with I was going to say, yeah, not just one. You have done all your books with the experiment. So like yeah, you've got, yeah. um, you have a great relationship with them. Matthew, I actually met when I started my journey into books and he was so great to me. Um, and, uh, just offered me so much advice and was really open. Um, yes. and just a good guy. Uh, and actually your book came up of course. Cause I was like, well, I saw, you know, the experiment on my first book, but he was like, oh yeah, we love her. <laughs> so, um, Clearly, you have a great relationship with them because you keep putting books out with them. And they've put some, uh, like, yourself and some really great authors are really on with them. Yes, they've got some juggernauts. They're like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, So it's really cool to be on that. Um, And the books are, your books are high quality. They're just so great. So, um, but I love how that happens. This is for everyone listening. Like, if you have an idea, go for it. And when things are supposed to happen, the universe works. It falls into place all comes together even when you're like no i don't even want to do that right it's good yeah yeah the universe is going to be like no no but uh, you're supposed to so like i'm going to keep tossing this your way (laughs) um now this book's extremely helpful for the uh beginner one might say from page one with the first section being about your new vegan pantry which i needed so badly at the time explaining things like flax liquid (laughs) smoke nutritional yeast because this was 2010 for me um and it was all Totally foreign, foreign to me. Yeah. So you also busted the myth that vegan food was expensive. These recipes are inexpensive, which was refreshing for me to discover as well. Um, now we've sort of talked about this already. It wasn't, I guess, was the idea for vegan comfort food then was Matt kind of like, hey, let's or Matthew, let's like let's go this route, or were you like, oh, this is turning into like like a focus on vegan comfort food? Um, and how did it really go from tacos and collards to that being the idea then? So like the reason it was called tacos and collard greens is because I'm a California girl. And so like, those are my comfort foods. Like Mexican food is my comfort food, but also I'm African-American. So that soul food is also my comfort food. And so everything he's like, I'm just feeling a theme of everything is your comfort food here. Like you're just, <laughs> it really was just like that book was just me making everything that I made at the beginning of my vegan journey. Um, it was my vegan journey. Uh, into cooking. And so, of course, you're making all the things you love. Uh, And so like none of those, none of those recipes were like, oh, like with vegan celebrations, like, oh, I'm, you know, we're doing a a Hanukkah. So like, what what foods am I making? Sure. Uh, It was all just like, this is what I'm cooking. This is what I love, love to make. Um, And so really the comfort food, he was like, this is comfort food. So we're just going to call it what it is. (laughs) That makes it easier. I love that. And it's, I love too hearing that this book is sort of like, it's where you were and it's what you were making. Um, In Chloe Coscarelli's interview for this podcast, she's kind of the same thing was for her. She's like, these books are a representation of sort of where I'm at at the time when I'm writing them. Um, Right. And I just feel like that's a nice, that's a very authentic place to come from. Um, And it it makes the recipes that much more delicious, I'm sure. Yes. It can get a little bit like a yearbook where you're like, oh my God. That I, I was using that and oh gosh, there's so many other things you can do besides that now. Yeah, I'm like, 
mine. That's where I was in my journey. And, and yes. it's going to resonate with somebody who's just starting out too, because if that's where you were, then that sort of makes sense, you know? Yes. Um, yes. I was using smoked paprika instead of liquid smoke. And now it's all I use is smoked paprika. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Me too. We're, we're totally twinning out on this. It's absolutely yes. like I, I'm something will call for liquid smoke. And I'm like, well, why don't I try maybe some smoked paprika instead? Yes. Um, but so obviously I said my first go-to was the mac and cheese, but you go above and beyond offering up easy and approachable recipes for everything a person going vegan thinks they might never have again from ranch <laughs> dressing and blue cheese dressing and gelatas, waffles, the egg MacGuffin, which I love omelets, <laughs> which the omelets in this book are one of my favorite omelet, omelet recipes, um, maple smoked black beans, vegetable tempura, pepperoni, mini pizzas and sweets. We have cupcakes, oatmeal cookies, vanilla bean ice cream. Now, this is where I learned how to cook vegan food from this. <laughs> what are some of your favorites? Like, what are three dishes you've continued to come back to in this book? Um, we make a lot of the fettuccine Alfredo. Delicious. Um, the staple. And I turn that into so many other things as well, like adding artichokes to it and spinach. Now you have a spinach artichoke dip. And um, that one we use quite a bit. Um, the Caesar salad recipe that also I make that dressing maybe like once a week. So that's a constant one. Um, and then mac and cheese and the vegan meatloaf, oh. the veggie meatloaf. Um, those, and of course, the tacos. I make a lot of stuff out of that book. <laughs> and the tacos and the, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you make, do you make like little adjustments on them now as you go along and everything? I do. Yeah, I do. Of course. There's little tweaks, like the mac and cheese I make is tweaked from that book. Um, yeah, the meatloaf is definitely, I've tweaked that. The Caesar dressing and the Alfredo, I do make just as written. Um, yeah. I understand it. that there's ones in my book I, books I go back to, too. And I'm like, no, no, I like this just as as actually don't mess with it because it's not going to be right. You know, right. I've, I've experimented with it. And I'm like, no, nope, that was wrong. Yep. No. Nope. <laughs> and this book, I mean, it really did true make it truly made me comfortable with being exploratory in the kitchen. So I have you to thank for that. Um, oh, and you nice. really shined a light on how delicious vegan food can be and how I wouldn't have to give up anything. So I feel this book is very much an intro for people who might feel that way. And a nice it's a it's a comfortable place to stick your your toe in the kiddie pool of veganism. Um, yes. And like I said, it's available to steal for $9.95 on Amazon. Y'all so get it now. Um what is some advice you might give to someone just starting out who is curious about veganism? Probably the biggest thing I would say is like, go slow, um, get your collection of recipes that you really, um, love to and our go-tos, um, like find your restaurants, like use happy cow, the app, happy cow. I love it. Like go to that and you'll, It'll just pull up all the places that have vegan and vegetarian food in your area. Um, and it can tell you like, they'll veganize this or that. Um, like get a plan together. Uh, Cause I think that first time that I was vegetarian and I gave up milk and dairy and I just, just completely burned out. Cause I had no idea what I was doing. Sure. <laughs> you know? I, in college, I relied on like a, just a jar of fettuccine Alfredo and like threw some broccoli in it and pasta and like, that's my meal. And then when I couldn't do that, it was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> so <laughs> just like make a plan. Um, and I know that's as a dietitian, I already know that people just don't tend to do a lot of planning when they think of food, but like once you get 
you understand like where, what you can do at restaurants. Like, yeah, you can go to Chipotle and there's plenty of stuff there for you. You can go, you know, most places. Um, still to this day, I have friends like, oh my gosh, I don't think we can go to this restaurant. Like, I can go just about anywhere. 100%. That drives me crazy. I'm like, don't worry yes. about me. Like, I will figure it out. I'm like, if it means I have a green salad when I'm with you, though, most of the time that's not the case anymore. I'm like, I'm not going to be upset about that. Like, I'm going to be happy about seeing you. There will definitely be something for me to eat there. Yes. And so, like, that's such a big part of it. When I see people like try out like being vegan and they're like, oh, it didn't work out. They're like, I just like being social was so hard and I couldn't. I didn't know what to do with my favorite meals. And I really just wanted this. It's like, that's where a lot of people fall off as they just don't know what to do in social situations and what to do with their favorite foods that they, they liked before. So, well, and I think it's about, especially now with all the things available in the supermarket. So if you're not a big, if you're not big in cooking in the kitchen, you can go to the supermarket and find vegan stuff that isn't the worst in terms of processed food that you can actually get away with. And, you know, it's trial and error. Like if you try something, don't just be like, oh, this is terrible. I'm not doing vegan. Like it's just like non-vegan food. You try something, you don't always like it, you know? Completely. People all the time like, oh no, I tried vegan cheese. I didn't like it. Like, did you, there's a lot of vegan cheese. Yeah. Which one did you have? There's about (laughs) 60 out there. So come on. Yes. Uh, like which ones did you try? I will say um, back in 2009, I did get, I, I read Skinny Bastard and I was like, oh, I'm going to get this day at cheese and it's going to be amazing. I looked everywhere for it. I finally found it because um, back then not as readily available. And I was like, right. oh, I'm going to make cheese enchiladas. They were so terrible. They has improved their <laughs> recipe drastically. But again, yeah. trial and error, right? Yes. Um, well, yeah. so what's your, I always ask this, what's the book brag? Book brag. Something about either, you know, one of the books or the books collectively something that has meant a lot to you or something like this is your total moment to have bragging rights on um your achievement of writing these books um uh i think really like if i had to have a book brag um i love them all in their own special little way they're all my children Mm. um locale vegan comfort food i'm really proud of myself for that book um because i wrote it at a time i was finishing my master's degree I was pregnant. I was starting a business. And I remember Matthew came to me and he was like, do you need more time on this book? And I was like, no, Matthew, I'm solid. I can't eat because I'm throwing up with more, with like morning sickness, sure. but that's not going to affect the cookbook making process. Um, and, um, so it ended up being late. Um, <laughs> but it got but, done. It got done. Yes. But the exploration in that book um, was so lovely and fun. And that's one I come back to a lot as well. Um, and I love that, you know, even though I've gone on this journey and I, I cook differently than I did in those, those first couple of books, that, you know, I they are so accessible to someone just starting out. And they do spell everything out for you and kind of take away the mystery. Um and I try to relate, you know, some of my own experiences through that um, in each book. Um, and even in like the new book, um, Boost Your Breast Milk, you know, I do, you know, talk some about my own experiences through through motherhood and nursing and what helped and what was awful. Um, and so, yeah, there's a there's a good bit of me in each one of those books. So just buy them all, y'all. Yeah, like, come on now. Get that library it together. It doesn't matter. Like, if you have kids, just buy them. 
Oh, and then you can give advice to all of the mothers that when you don't have kids and they'll look at you like you're crazy. <laughs> You'll be like, no, no, I read this book. You can gift it to your mother friends. That's what you can yes, do. There are really solid recipes in Booster Breast Milk. Like those um, are the solid recipes that I'm like making now. Like um, there's these lemon oat scones and I make those mm. time. Um, so, and all the different kind of milks. Like I, I do tend to make a lot of my own milks and, um, so a lot of that stuff is food that, you know, just as every cookbook, it's the food that I'm eating now. Um, and I, I continue to, so forever the cookbook writer, I do have these giant binders full of the recipes that I'm cooking now, um, that I'm constantly tweaking and moving around. And so when they were like, we want to add recipes to this book, I'm like, oh, well, let me just gather up all the food that I'm eating now that has these ingredients in it. Ta-da. I love that. Uh, so that made that really easy. And did you did you do the photos for these books? I did not. So the first one, I, I had a um, really lovely lady. She did all the photographs for me. I'm not a food photographer. If you ever check out my Instagram, it's <laughs> turquoise table that I that's in my my dining room table, and I just if the light's good, it's good. That's it's, it. Yep. Oh, you're getting what you're getting. <laughs> yes, I love it. I let the experts do their thing. I'm very big. Like, listen, we all have talents and that's not mine. I I'm the same way. I, I every now and then I have a decent camera and every now and then I get really lucky with a picture, but like the, the time that is devoted to that and the talent is amazing. So kudos to the f- food photographers out there. We're saying, yes. Uh, <laughs> so let's move on to your Baker's dozen rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Fantastic. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Alicia cupcakes or donuts? Oh, donuts. Food on a skewer or a tiny spoon? Oh, a skewer. <laughs> uh, favorite kitchen tool? Oh, whisk. And that's a good one. What's your favorite <laughs> sauce on pasta? Alfredo. Mm, I had a feeling that might be the answer. Um, what's been your go-to COVID snack when in isolation? Oh, the um, spinach artichoke dip made of that Alfredo. <laughs> yes. Now, what's your? Wow. Have you had jobs in food? I, my next question is first job in food, so it, it could be as an author. But have you done anything else? What was your first job in food? If it wasn't author, uh, my first job in food was Red Lobster in Hampton, Virginia. Ah, there we go. <laughs> uh, Cheddar Bay biscuit. Oh, hey, I have a yes. Those those you veganize it, which you can veganize very easy. Everyone, one hundred percent. And I'm just going to plug my book then. There's a recipe for it in Epic Vegan. Um, yes. What's your favorite <laughs> spice to cook with? Oh, I say smoked paprika. That yes. Really- if you could live in any country, where would you live? I live in Canada. Oh, me too. My husband Toronto. and I were just talking about it. We were like, we should just do yeah. it. Yes, I already have a plan. I have a whole plan. I'm getting my doctorate now. And that's like part of my plan is like, I'm going to adjunct, be an adjunct professor in Toronto. And then I'm going to get my citizenship and I'll be dual citizen. You're such a smart cookie. (laughs) So like get that plan together. I love it. Um, Well, okay. So I'll see you in Canada. Um, What's a Who's a celebrity you want to make dinner for? Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's supposed to be rapid fire. That's okay. It's it always slows down <laughs> around this point. I'm fine with it. Let's see. Um, probably just because I like the conversation. Barack Obama. Oh, 
I feel like it'd be some good, especially right now, some solid conversation. So good. And he would probably love all of your food from vegan comfort <laughs> food. Uh, um, and what is your most used emoji? Oh, I really overuse winky face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I want to start texting you now just to get some winks from you. Um, what have you been binge watching? Oh, like what you should not been binge watching when things <laughs> had um, the Handmaid's Tale. Like, oh ah, god, ah. y'all don't do that to yourself. It's it's not going to get happier. Yeah, you're like now is not the time. This is not a feel good sort of time. I'm giving you this no. as a cautionary tale. Oh god, I was talking to my partner last night, and he's like, I just, I he's like, I want to watch it. I know the writing's good and the acting's good, but I was, I was like, it's fine. I've watched literally now. 24 solid hours of just weeping and, <laughs> and like, Oh God, this could happen tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I actually haven't watched it. I haven't watched it, but now it's not the time. I mean, so I'll it's, hold it's off. So on amazing. It. And yet like watch it in happier times. Okay. Okay. Noted. <laughs> noted. And yes. as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I really, really wanted to be a psychologist. I love it. I love it. Which I guess is kind of a lot what I do now. I was going to say, and I also feel like it's it could still happen for you. You seem to just keep adding accolades. So why not? Yes. <laughs> well, now I'm getting my doctorate now. And that's it. I'm really, I'm telling everyone this is it. Probably. <laughs> uh, Did you just say probably? You added that sentence well, with probably? I, mean, I need to add a little, like I have a couple certifications, but so <laughs> really though, this is. This is it. Dot, dot, dot. Probably. This is it. Yeah. And uh, my partner he wants to get his PhD in psychology. So I was like, I'll just read all your Brits. All right. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and so your last question, what's a positive moment from your life yesterday? Oh, well, I adopted two sweet. Yeah. Sure. I didn't adopt them. I took in two sweet little foster babies yesterday. Oh. Uh, little foster kittens, Zeke and Ashley. Um, and they're awesome. And like watching my daughter with these little tiny, like 130 gram kittens oh. and like feeling them so gently um, and speaking to them so sweetly. It's just the best. I love that. Foster an animal. Like do it. Like these, one was found on the side of the road. Um, the other was found with her sister and her sister did not make it. I was supposed to be taking home three kittens. Oh. And between like the email to pick them up and going there, we lost one. Oh. Um, it's so important. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, that is a very positive moment. I love that. Um, and and uh, if, if it's not in the interview in the beginning, I don't know if it'll make it, but we'll say it here. Alicia's joining me with barely any sleep because of these kittens because they're bottle fed <laughs> yeah. right now. So bless your heart. Um, yes, they are probably every two hours. <laughs> now, uh, so that's your rapid fire. Good job. And let's wrap things up here and let people know where they can find you. Where's the website they can find you? Instagram, Facebook, social media, all that sort of thing. So um, on Facebook, um, it's just Alicia Simpson or Peapot Nutrition. How about, is it Alicia? And I've been saying Alicia this whole time. So here's the fun fact about me. My name is Alicia. My parents named me after Alicia Maldonado, an actual person. They call me Alicia. So. <laughs> Whoa. My whole family calls me Alicia, although I was named after a person who's definitively Alicia. And my mother will tell you, oh, no, her name's Alicia. So for the first 25 huh. years of my life, everyone called me Alicia. And then when I was 25, I was like, I'm going to 
start going by my actual name. Um, so I have people who call me both and I don't really pay attention. Like it's not something that even my ears tune to. If you call me Alicia, I'm like, Oh, we must, must we just must go way back. <laughs> that means it's like we go way back we've been friends since like the 90s so. i mean in my heart we go all the way back to 2009 so hey yeah. that, we'll use that as my reasoning for saying alicia but it's alicia <laughs> and that is what i'm going to call you um so again tell us the the website uh, and social social media handles now that now that i know how to say your name <laughs> tell us tell us where we can find you um, so you can go to um, AliciaSimpsonPhD.com. Um, you can go to PeapotNutrition.org. Um, those all are the same for Instagram and Twitter and all of those things. Um, so that's where you can find me. And where do, oh, as you same, you said same for Instagram and Twitter and all that. Yes. Okay, yeah. great. Fantastic. It's Ali- at AliciaSimpsonPhD on Instagram? Um, so on Instagram, it's Peapot Nutrition. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Great. All right. Well, fantastic. Alicia, you are just the best. I'm so happy to have finally met you. Thank you for doing this. And thank Thank you you for all of your contributions to the vegan world. (laughs) We're all so grateful. Thank you, Dustin. Thanks so much for having me. I love her. How fun was she? Oh my gosh. Wow. You you two really hit it off. No, I'm not joking. I want to hang out with her once this pandemic leaves us, I say. And then the connection between Arden's was like random and just crazy yeah too. so fun totally totally it was just crazy that's amazing um well uh so we're at that time of the show what time is that dear the time to give us dustin's dish dustin's dish what a dish mm. oh, for the week Ooh, what is it Ooh, y'all want a dish okay mm-hmm. wine it's always wine o'clock <laughs> somewhere am i right oh wait not that wine <laughs> not that wine. not <laughs> i mean the kind you want but we're talking about the alcoholic kind yes. tis the season y'all mm-hmm. i don't drink anymore so this tip actually stems from me not drinking because when i did drink there was never any wine left in the bottle am i right honey mm-hmm. oh it was gone mm-hmm. drippity drop drop down this little throat here drinkity do but listen when you have that little bit of wine left in the bottle and you know it's going to go bad pour it into an ice cube tray and you can pop the uh-huh. one ounce cubes out later for sauces soups risottos or stews to add a little depth of flavor to it wow that's great i, know, I mean right? we never finish a bottle i mean I, not I mean, since i stopped drinking. yeah <laughs> no i mean i you know like we always have it for guests or occasionally i have a glass but that's like a super resourceful take on saving that extra little bit of vino um getting a little flavor pop uh for you know anything like uh well like soups stews i mean can you put it in soups? that's what i just said yeah. soups stews sauces risotos stews 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 we say a million times anything <laughs> anything like saucy stews stew, studio stew, stew, studio you can just put side note again on a musical artist david and i saw phil collins in concert a few years ago listen i took to, i've never been a big phil collins fan but i was like i'm gonna get him these tickets and you know i'm a concert freak so i was like i'll give the concert a shot it was amazing. I am now a Phil Collins fan. And he was in... And uh, he had, like, back surgery, so he was, like, in an office. Like, a swivel office, office chair, chair. the entire show. killed it. Like... Crushed it. Vocals. And then there was one point, the song that everybody was waiting for, the lights went down, the chair... What song? Feel it in the air tonight. And he was magically, like, standing with a cane. And the everybody like lost their mind. Yes, that yes, that yes, one yes. he stood for with like a cane. It anyway. was 
So good. Got a lot of side notes. Like, side notes. Side hey, musical notes. We're hitting those musical <laughs> side notes. But listen, uh, back to Dustin's dish. Well done on me, Martha. Thanks, yes. honey. Listen, we've gotten a uh, couple chirps in the DMs for a cooking club on Facebook. So ooh. we are seriously considering it, okay? I think we would start in January. And I'm actually thinking, my dear, tell me what you think about this. It might be fun to start with that encyclopedia of a book, Veganomicon. Ooh, yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I actually um, haven't looked at that, that one very much. Me neither. Our dear friend Rachel Spadaro, friend, friend of the pod, I Bless hope. Bless her heart. Uh, we love her so love her, much. Love her, love her, Rachel Spadaro, shout out to you. you gifted Rachel. it to me early in my vegan days and made a couple, and was part of that cooking club we spoke of earlier too. But uh, I made a couple things of it way back when, and I ha- it would be fun to revisit it because I haven't touched it since. Okay. Okay. So this is maybe on the cooking club? Maybe on. Maybe it's on. Y'all need to speak up, hmm. slip into the vegan roadie DMs, and let us know. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. But most importantly, or maybe... Or maybe most even more, yeah. more Could importantly, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe. We say it all the time, but it is very helpful for us. So rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen, but especially Apple um, uh, Podcasts. Yeah. And you guys, thank you for listening this week. Meet mm-hmm. us back here next Tuesday for some more delicious dish talk. Keep on cooking. And remember, it's nice to be nice. <laughs> This has been a Muzzy Cat production.